Yo, 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 what's up? It's your guy, Swag 100, representing Swag 100 Podcast. We here live on Goat Vibes with my guy from Rough House, Rough Nation, Chris Swartz. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Man, it's definitely great having you here, man. Definitely, definitely. You know, being being in Philly and having a Philly legend, you know, yeah. on the Goat Vibes, this is awesome, man. You know, really appreciate you for taking your time and joining us here on the Goat Vibes. How you been, though? I've, I've been good, you know. Um, it's, talking about Philly, uh, you know, the Missile uh, and the Fugees came through uh, last week, uh, Saturday night. Right. Did anybody here make go to the show? No, I actually didn't uh, go I'm, to the I'm show. Gonna, I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell you what. They actually, they did a, uh, they shouted out myself and Rough House from the stage a bunch of times. But, you know, they talked about Philly and they, like, because Philly's a huge market for them, right? And uh, what was cool is that they bought the Delphonics out to do a set and, like, the Freeway. I mean, it was just, it was right. awesome. It was, like, really, like, you know, they, they, um, this tour has been, it's a really great tour. Really great tour. But, um, anyhow, just, yeah, Philly. I mean, it's like, that- what more can you say? It's like, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, to me, it's like one of the greatest music cities, you know, ever because of the opportunities that we were afforded here. And, and besides that, it's like, you know, I, I, to this day, I always believe that like disco, the disco guitar style started in Philadelphia. Like, right. you, know, you know, people like Norman Harris and uh, the, the late Bobby Eli. And, um, you know, I, uh, yeah. Definitely. So, 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 you know, speaking about the Fuji's, you know, uh, they just got named best 100 albums ever made, and it came in at top. I'm at number 10. Really? Is that in, are you talking about Rolling Stone? Yes. I think, but, well, no, Miseducation was number 10. Yeah, Miseducation. I'm, yeah. I'm, I mean, Lauren Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how you feel about that? Uh, well, here's the thing. There was a lot of pissed off people, you know, because... <laughs> But, but here's what it is. It's generational, right? Because at the end of the day, right, it's like, you know, it's always like the Who, Quadrophenia, which is a great record. Don't get me wrong. But it was always like these classic rock bands. And so people are like, oh, how could that record be number 10? Well, it's a reader's poll, okay? It's the people who are active consumers right now. And the people who were like, the people who were like, who, who think that, you know, like that, that the Who should have been number 10 or whoever, right? Well, they're not, they're not the majority anymore. <laughs> right. That, that's, just, that's just a simple fact. And, and, you know, it's funny. Right around the same time that happened, National Public Radio named her record the second most important record ever made by a female artist. Number two. This is over, like, Billie Holiday. This is over, like, Carly Simon. Like, over all these records, right? Right. And the number one record, Right, uh, is something that's going to be immovable from uh, because it's National Public Radio and it's 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 run by females and everything, and so um, and that's uh, Joni Mitchell Blue. Mm. And it's funny, I'm a Joni Mitchell fan. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm a massive. I love Court and Spark. I like the Hissing of Summer Lawns, Don Juan's Reckless Daughter, but I don't get Blue. I don't understand why everybody goes ape shit over that record, you know. But um, but that record was number one because. I think if you're, uh, I think it, when you go to, uh, I don't want to say it, <laughs> when you go to a, a certain type of finishing school, right? If you're a female, right? 
an all-female finishing school, one of the things that they do is that they brainwash you with Joni Mitchell Blue. <laughs> so then when, you, then when you start your career in national public radio broadcast. <laughs> but anyhow, yeah, no, the miseducation, I mean, look, it, that record, that record was a really, it's an incredibly important record because, um, you know, I think, I think for, especially for a lot of women, because if you talk to a lot of women hip-hop artists, you know, when, right. when, when that record came out, a lot of them didn't really know their place. They didn't know that, like, they thought that they had to show their ass to be able to make it, you know? They thought they had to do this. They thought they had to do that. And, and she gave and them then, another way to yeah, look at and it. Then, and then she comes along and says, and, she, and provides this, like, absolute clarity. It's like, what, what are you talking about? You know, you're, you're as important. She's talking to the listener, whether an artist or whatever. It's like, you're as important to, any, to you know, you need to be important to yourself first, Right. If you're not important to yourself, right? Like, how are you going to win if you ain't right within, right? And um, and I, I think I think that that record, you know, I mean, I've met people who like a lot of women who say that it's part of their morning routine every morning. They get up and they put on the Miseducation of Lauren Hill, right? All right. And that record, um, it's the biggest selling solo hip hop album by an artist, uh, in the world globally. And the Fuji score is the biggest selling hip hop album by a group in the world. And and I feel like there's never gonna be another record like it because you would have to have a particular amalgamation that I don't see happening. And what you had was that you had Proz and Clef who were who were Haitian and who gave the group like this appeal among like I was just in a lift ride with a guy from French from Algeria, right? And he knew all about the food, everything about the food. <laughs> they speak like a sort of a they were a French colony at one point, right? So anywhere like you know that like especially in France and stuff like that in Canada and everything, and then you take you take you know her and you look at where she performs and when she tours, right? Um, the largest the largest um, heritage hip-hop touring artist in the world is Cypress Hill because uh, they've been going hard for 30 years. Yes. You know, um, I, I'll tell you the dedication among these guys. I'm going to get back to the Fugees in a minute. But when they when they were shooting their the documentary, uh, and I got an interview for the documentary down in our pressing plant, uh, the guy who was uh, one of the unit directors for it, he says, it's the first time... I ever show up to a set, he goes, and I was early, and the artist was there before me, right? Because Cypress treated this shit like a business, you know, and they take, you know, and it's like, and everything, like, if you look at all, like, you know, they, they, uh, how many shows a year you think they do, Rob? Like, what? what? Cypress. Um, they travel, I think they do, like, I think they do, they do, like, 180 shows a year, right? For all y'all that's watching, man, we got Robin White in the building. Yeah. Robin White and definitely. So so, but back back to back to her, back to back to Miss Hill. It's that she um, the the amount of of anguish that was put upon uh not just her but myself um when in when ma- making that record because Sony wanted, you know, look, Wyclef made a solo record, right? Right. Nobody batted an eye, right? Uh. I remember taking the um, the first four song, four or five songs I took of uh, of Wyclef's record, because originally it was supposed to be a traditional Haitian record, right? Didn't uh, Proz 
What's what that? Did Prize put out a solo? Yeah, Prize well? Prize had a record when it went uh, platinum. Um, but anyhow, so 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 Wyclef, uh, we're, we're in Haiti. We had this idea we we're going to do a, a record of traditional Haitian music. You know, just sort of like fun, right? And then starting the record and getting into it, it started to sound like a real frontline release, something that would be on Roughhouse, right? So we didn't even have a budget approved for it, right? From Sony, like nothing. And and um, so the records, like we're making the record, and I'm 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 paying for it, you know, out of my pocket. And um, he Wyclef calls me up on a Monday night and said that uh, I, I'm going into uh, the studio on Thursday and. Uh, I need to do this thing. Like I, I am hiring an orchestra, right? And um, and I was like, well, we don't have the budget approved yet. He goes, yeah, but you know, it's it's I gotta get this done. It's a schedule, blah blah blah. So it's like eighty thousand dollars, right? Uh. So it's like, so I gave eighty thousand dollars, <laughs> and then on Tuesday, I went and had a meeting with the president of the Columbia Columbia Records, and I um, I um, we listened to five of the songs from Wyclef's record, and. He was like indifferent. He like didn't really didn't even give a shit, and uh. he gave me the CD back. Uh, you know, you ever you know, you, you know you give somebody a CD and like, hey, let's check this out, and they hand it back to you. That's not a good sign, right? Right. And he said something about like it sounds like vacation music, right? So, but the thing is, they whether he liked the record or not, they let Wyclef make this record unfettered. No, nothing. They they had nothing to say about it. So he just went and made it and did it. Same thing, same thing with uh, Proz, right? But when she went to make a record, it was like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. We got to talk. Who's going to produce it? And you know, we want Tone and Poke. We want Puffy. We want Timbaland. We want this one. They went, they went, they went down the entire list, right? Why, why then, do you think that was so? Because she was a woman. That's why. Because let's face it, man, who was like really the first woman producer? To come in to this on her own and to be able to call her own shots, right? And to be able to, like, you know, kind of be who she was and everything. Missy Elliott, right? Prior to that, prior to that, right? In hip-hop music, who, right? And the thing is, and here's the other thing, too. Oh. It's that there's a lot of, there's a lot of misconceptions out there about, about what a, you know, what, like, a lot of these producers do and, and what they, what they really mean to the project. Because what a lot of hip hop producers do, and I'm not going to mention any names, but we all know who a lot of the big artists are, you know. And I'll say it's with the exception of Kanye, because because he does his own shit, and I know that. We talking right? about the beats in the can. I'm, ta- I'm talking about the fact that that there's a lot of these there's a lot of these folks out there who 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 have these who have these big names as as producers, when the truth is. They do very little actual producing, you know. Uh, they have like, you know, they always have a squad of little beat makers that come in. They do this now, as a, from an executive production standpoint, they're there. And they, you know, they they kind of, I guess, have a say in the molding of the actual sound. But the thing is, here's what I always say, right? You know, unless it's a type of thing where it's like uh, like an R and B pop element to it, you can't A and R a hip hop record, right? Because not, either not as an really. art, as, as an artist, you either got it or you don't, right? Right, and and you know, um, I I think like you know historically we've been most successful as a company with artists that were self-contained, artists who knew how they wanted to be perceived by the audience, how they wanted to be presented, and how they you know like like that whole thing. So making the miseducation record, they basically they basically like 
you know, fucked with the budgets and like all this. They just made it really hard, right? Right. And so then, um, then when uh, finally the record's done, and and there was uh, there was like some music was played, and somebody called me up from Sony, and uh, I was in Bath, England at three in the morning, and they said. We think the record's very, 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 very mediocre. Wow. And I was like, what?